you know, it's a pageant. Think how far we could go together, Morgan. Uncensored Cinephiles fans to the Rosemary's Baby <laughs> movie review. Analysis. Analysis. And occult breakdown, right? I don't know. <laughs> so, this is a very, very interesting film. Um, I thought it was a really good insight into a lot of the things that we talk about in a lot of the other movie review breakdowns that we've done so far. So it was actually quite a fitting movie for us to review. Yes, and it was recommended to us as well. So I can't remember who it was who recommended it, but thank you. Um, I think it's like perfect for what we've been like previously exploring. And um, you know, it's the second Roman Polanski film that we've reviewed, which didn't think that I would be reviewing Roman Polanski films mm. in such depth. In Roman Polanski, as we've been looking into, is not a very good individual, would you say? He has lots of tie-ins with uh, very yeah. nefarious activities. Yeah, he's, it's, it's a whole Roman Polanski case is 
like it's so so hard sometimes trying to separate the art from the artist you know mm -hmm. and i think in roman Plasky's case his like art really like is mirroring stuff that's happening in his own life so it's like you know like fact blending into fiction and vice versa so it is really hard and um yeah i know a lot of like people in hollywood have like not clean backgrounds yeah <laughs> like, a lot of di directors and actors and actresses and other people have like murky pasts and so roman polanski is not the only one but obviously he's probably one of the most well known for incidents that have occurred and lots of strange stuff surrounds Rosemary's Babies, which was sort of like, I've got some really interesting stuff to break down with you, mm -hmm. which I found connections to and was like, oh gosh, this has blown my mind. So anyway. <laughs> Maybe we should start bringing down the film and then that stuff will flow naturally yeah. out as we break it down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it starts out with them basically moving into an apartment in New York City, right? Yes, it's in the build uh, the building's name is different to what the actual building's called, but the building mm -hmm. in real life is called the Dakota. Yes. And um, famously was where John Lennon lived and then got assassinated. Mhm. Mm by Mark David Chapman. Yeah. So <laughs> already there's like before we've even started like breaking down the movie, we have that. Well, actually, so like, I feel like the John that's Lennon like a murder, rabbit hole that's like that happened after the movie, though, right? That, yes, that didn't that happened in 1980. 1980, and lots the movie of strange came things out happened in, the, in the yeah, in 68. So, lots of strange yeah. things happened in 1980. So, just for like kind of remember that date, mm hmm. But I mean, as we showed off air, like the Beatles, and I showed you that weird album cover with yeah. the dead baby. Parts on it. Yeah, that was fucked up. Okay. And, Sorry, I and don't the know. Beatles I have forget, like. Can I swear? I guess. You can. It's for adults. Yes, you yeah. can swear. Okay, but, so that was fucked up. Yes, <laughs> it was. Yes, 
And like, there's lots of ties between the Beatles and the mm. occult, right? They were very much into the occult. Yeah. They said that their music had like changed more lives than Jesus. Well, they said the the famous thing is we're bigger than Jesus. If it had said we're more uh, television is more popular than Jesus, I might have got away with it. <laughs> you know, but as I just happened to be talking to a friend, I used the word Beatles as a remote thing, not as what I think, as Beatles as though those other Beatles like other people see us. I just said they are, are having more, in, more influence on kids and things than anything else, including Jesus, but I said it in that way. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And they said their music was magic, and they like said it with like a K, right? Magic references back to Aleister Crowley. Yeah, they right. basically like, um, is weird because the Beatles, we just like associate them with like being the hippie movement and everything, but mm -hmm. they like were really weird and like, it's really, again, trying to separate the art from the artists. Yeah. So, um, I didn't want to go down the whole Charles oh, Manson thing just yet because I'm like oh uh, no we'll, we'll just, come back to that yeah like, but like this so building much. this building has a lot of history to it that's happened since this movie was yeah made. yeah and it's right. just like such a great location mm -hmm. um even if it hadn't had all that stuff with John Lennon um I just think the, the like the way the building looks like gothic sort of like turn of the 20th century sort of style that was so popular um it's just like such a foreboding like um this towering how we sort of like start off the movie you've got that like lullaby and that like it and then that like swirly sort of credits you know with the the, mm -hmm. the font and everything it like at first glance you almost like think you're lulled into this like forced security where it's like <clears throat> The credits and the music don't match up to the imagery of that building and we're sort of like zooming in on it yeah. you know again that sort of like you know out of body experience like zooming in like a spirit sort of floating through the sky we keep seeing that know. in these like these films you know Yeah, like the devil, the spirit is prowling, and mm. uh, the Satan's referenced as the prince of the power of the air, right? <clears throat> mm. right. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. And that's like, you know, I, I've covered that in the um, trapped in the ether thing at the end, where I make the connection between airwaves and like, you know, their power and influence over media. To, like, you know, that type of connection. Yeah. So, already, like, going into the movie, we have that weird lullaby, which is, like, la, 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 la. Mm -hmm. Really, like, seems kind of innocent, but it's, like... Creepy. Creepy. And yeah. you have that, like, the font with the... It's, like, blood red. Mm -hmm. um, but it's done in a way that looks very feminine. Mm -hmm. So, it's very... 
I don't know, like, like I say, it's like being lulled in with like false security and I think that's like how Rosemary is lulled into the whole thing. And when we first see her, she's dressed in white and like the, her color, the colours that she's dressed in play like a really significant role. Yeah, I agree. Um, you kept pointing this out, but yeah, it was definitely significant. So the white is like like representing her innocence. I don't think mm -hmm. we really see her in the colour of white ever, like just in white ever in the film. I think it's always she's like wearing white and blue, but we never see her just in that solid white colour. Again, after Again. she's been introduced to the building. Yeah, so Rosemary and her actor husband, do you remember what he's been in? Would <laughs> she keeps like repeating it. Oh, yeah. like... What movies was he in? No movies. He was in two plays called Luther and Nobody Loves an Albatross and a lot of television and radio. Yeah, he's like, you know. he hasn't been in movies, but he has been in two plays, <laughs> Lex and Luther, and he starred in TV and film. He starred in TV and radio. And radio, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And commercials or something. Yeah, yeah. So basically he's like the sh a shit actor who's like kind of much older than her. And she's what, like, you know. I don't know, like back in the 60s that was probably... Yeah, Not no. much older. That was probably like typical. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like looking at him. He looks way. Yeah. Like, he does look like for our like day and age. He yeah. does seem like way out of her league. Like, no, she's way out of his league. That's what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, she's way too good looking for him. Yeah, he's like a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. I hate him. He, he kind of, and you know, originally, um, I heard he was supposed to be cast as a blonde guy. Yeah, it was going to be Robert Redford. Oh, okay. That makes um, more sense then. Yeah. But then but they changed it to be like this kind of like. John. Uh, oh, he's John Cavetz or Casavetz or something like that. Yeah, but he's kind of like this, like, you know. <clears throat> he has that sleaze. He does such a good job. He's very sleazy. And yeah, he's like, very New York sleazy. Yeah. Kind of. Like. Uh, I um, don't want to say it, but it starts with a J and yeah, ends no, with, I know what you rhymes mean, with yeah. blue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get a pick up on that sort of like. Right. Like, um, you know, he seems to be sort of the guy that literally will sell his soul, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, and when we sort of like. But we're first being introduced to the apartment. It's already like creepy stuff happening. Mm -hmm. uh, because first off, it's like I don't I don't know why they pay attention to it, but the floor outside in the corridor, the tiled floor, is like broken. Did you? They like draw yeah. our attention to that, like. You can see the concrete. I don't know whether that's just to show that the building is like falling apart, but or whether that's like something is. I don't know. Something has happened there. Like it just seemed a really odd thing to sort of like draw our attention to. Because if you want to say that the, the the apartment's falling apart and it's old, um, mostly you see that in like the walls or something, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's the floor that we pay attention to. I thought it was interesting that they were installing, like, the workers in the building, instead of fixing the floor, hmm. they were installing um, a new spy lookout thing on a door. Oh, 
that? Remember the guy was oh, twisting was that the what thing? He was, doing? Uh-huh. he was cutting out a new hole for a new eye spy thing. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of symbolic that like the people who work in the building are all involved in spying on the people it, yeah. who are in. And that's why they were like watching them mm. so closely and they weren't really fixing the real problems of the building. They yeah. were more involved in spying yeah. on what was going on. So we haven't the... even got inside the apartment and already weird things like, you yeah. know, we have that fountain <clears throat> mm-hmm. that they like with the lilies, I think it's meant to mm-hmm. be. They look kind of... Yeah, it's like the fountain. She, in the very first scene, she's got the white dress on, yeah. and then you have the fountain of life. Yeah. Right? Like, she's yeah. walking by the water and yeah. the fountain, it's right? It's all very weird. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about that real estate guy, because he comes back in the film, and I was like, oh, I didn't even realize it was the same guy. You yeah. know? And he's like, seems really sort of, I don't know, a bit, a bit weird. But like eccentric, I guess, mm-hmm. but harmless. But I think he's obviously in on it as well. Yeah, oh, he's, he's definitely like, in on it. His thing is like moving that big wardrobe to get to the closet, you know? Yeah. And that's weird. Like it's been boarded up. And then we see that bit of paper where it's like, I can no longer associate myself. Mm-hmm. And you know the pre- so I think obviously the previous owner or inhabitant of that apartment was tied into all the satanic cult stuff. Yeah, because you see in her apartment <laughs> that she's like growing the same yeah herbs, and the wife of Cassavetes, the old lady, yeah, is like, oh, she was a long time good friend of mine. Mm. And then you see the note that's like, I can no longer associate myself. And what happened to her? She fell into a coma. Yeah, right? it was like a little bit of a, a, reoccur- like a, a reoccurrence. But yeah, that's all the enemies of the cult either get <clears throat> blind or get a coma. Yeah, Right. or both, or maybe, both. depending on how lucky yeah. they are. Yeah, 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 so. <laughs> so, yeah, already that's like weird, but they decide to take the apartment and... I think, like, it's the, the relationship between Guy and Rosemary in the beginning, you kind of, like, you know, you can sort of see that, you know, it seems mm, normal. Um, she's the one that's eager to have a baby. He's not pushing that on her, I don't think. You yeah. know, it seems to be, like, she's the first one to, to bring up, like, well, which I want to have a baby and stuff and so I you know I feel like it's not he's not pushing it for her so I think it's like well it's first her own he's decision. I think he's being more like oh, I'm worried about getting settled and getting yeah. my career going and she's wanting the baby but he doesn't want it at first because mm. right? mm. like there's that whole time period before whatever deal he makes with the cult, mm. right? Where he's like, oh yeah, let's do it. Like, he's not against it, but he's just like yeah. not pushing for it. No, really, right? no. So, yeah. Um, next big thing to happen is meeting Minnie and Roman. Mm. They're a weird couple. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're definitely a very strange couple. And like the what I just saw this movie for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I first saw it, my instant, I was watching it and I was like, Minnie and Roman look just like. Um, I mean, to me, anyways, they look just like Michael Aquino and his wife, like almost like in some scenes mm. with Roman, where his eyes, are, his eyebrows are more like in an arched shape. Mm. It looks more like Aquino, and yeah. like. Do you notice like after the whole thing with like when Guy becomes like part of it, his eyebrows also take on that weird shape. Do they? Yeah. yeah, like in some of the scenes, like he seems to have the same sort of type of eyebrows. Yeah, okay. So it's like, I don't know. What, I don't know what the eyebrow thing is. It's like, do we just have weird eyebrows? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why Aquino had those weird eyebrows. It looks like he like intentionally made them look like that. It's probably <clears> something. <throat> it's, I'll get a million comments from people being like, That's, he did that, da, 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 look like an owl or something. Uh, yeah, but then if you think about The, about the Shining... Jack's eyebrows mm-hmm. also kind of look that way. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. So they have sort of like that crazy wild yeah. look to them. Mm. Maybe they're just trying to like represent like a wild sort of look to the eyes. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So, so. Well, of course, um, Rosemary also meets Terry, the girl that's living next door with Roman and Minnie. Mm-hmm. And there's like some weird charm that she's been given with tennis root yeah so she is then discovered to be devil's pepper which is an actual thing yeah i looked it up it's an actual thing and it has ties to uh like changing one's mind and like <laughs> it has like abilities to affect people's minds and stuff it's very interesting yeah yeah so um it's yeah, it's all a bit like, uh, I don't know, this idea of like these herbs being used and everything, you know, like when uh, Minnie's always bringing that, that around that weird drink for mm-hmm. Rosemary to drink while she's pregnant. It's just like, they're, they're trying to drug her, yeah. you think, and keep because she doesn't seem... Keep her docile. Yeah, she does seem to have that sort of like spaced out sort of like, you know, she's not fully aware of things I feel you know yeah it's not good for you it like makes you docile and like more susceptible to suggestion Mm. and like puts you in like sort of like a you know uh more of like a a waking sleep state right that's exactly what she seems to be like she has like those weird dreams and stuff that happen you know and then they just gave her a huge dosage of it the night of like the conception the conception mm. right so like that, in the uh, chocolate mousse with the chalky taste, taste was like, yeah. yeah and uh, um i really... but like back to the girl like, yeah. that she meets right so the neighbor is like is i guess the girl must be living in there yeah yeah right I think they kind of were trying to use her initially, but mm-hmm. uh, the thing with Rosemary is she's like representing purity and feminine, and she's also like religious. Mm-hmm. She's a Catholic, so she's yeah. like the perfect vessel, really, because she's I guess maybe it's like the corruption type of thing. Mm-hmm. She's not corrupted. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the the other girl Terry, she's like being a prostitute and. A, 
drug addict, so I think she's just not the right candidate. Candidate, mm-hmm. sorry. So that's why she has to go. Yeah. And she goes through the window. Yeah. It's a really weird, you know, it's suicide and everything, and then. Well, I don't think it was suicide. Well, no, I know it's not suicide, but what I'm saying is it's just like the whole... Nobody seems particularly that bothered by it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I just picture the residents being, oh, just a normal Tuesday, yet another one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's interesting because, like, the satanic, like, cult leaders, Roman and his wife, are at, like, out (laughs) and about when it happens, and they're like... Oh, we were out at the time when this happened. Very convenient, yeah. Which, if you watch, like, the famous interview with Michael Aquino, Mm. when people are talking about him and the Presidio and all this, he's like, oh, we were thousands of miles away when that happened. Army investigators here at the Presidio base in San Francisco have now formally accused him of ritually abusing young children from the base's daycare center. Indeed, one young girl says she was horribly abused by both Michael and Lilith Aquino at their nearby home. A U.S. Army chaplain made an accusation of child molestation uh, centering on us at the Presidio of San Francisco at a time when my wife and I were living 3,000 miles away in Washington, D.C. But we have a copy of the police report and the child appears to have identified identified you. That's not true. But as the police report shows, and the Aquinos know full well, the victim of that attack did identify them both as her abusers, to her parents, to her therapist, and to the army. Mm. It's the same, like, BS excuse, Mm. right? And I just found that quite interesting watching the film. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right? Um... So, anyway, despite all the, you know, her being supposed to be being like a daughter to um, Minnie and Roman, they just, the next day Minnie's just like, you know, oh, we'll get over it, you know. It's like she's not particularly upset by it at all, you know, so. No, Roman was like, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, he <laughs> organised it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then there's like the dinner guy and Rosemary go for dinner and there's that Rosemary even like picks up on the the picture frames are missing Mm -hmm. so obviously we know why the picture frames are missing because it's not happy pictures you know not family I mean it's family portraits but the the family is like you know the um, Roman's father is like a bloody witch or whatever satanic cult leader so yeah you know you know when you're trying to get the introduce yourself to the new neighbors maybe not you know getting rid of that yeah. is a good way to sort of make them feel at ease really put the portraits in the uh their pictures of like notre dame i think it was burning to the yeah, ground which is really interesting so um uh i think notre dame like did burn down it did yeah, yeah. It's, it's caught fire famously twice now yeah so which is just such a... I, I don't know what she says, but when she's... That's later on in the, fo- the film, she mentions something when she walks by it. I think I think she says, as above, as below or something, but... Um, 
I think she probably says something more like, we'll burn down their cathedrals or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, something that she says. She because whispered there's a, something. There's some, there, yeah. This is what's interesting about the film. There's a lot of the dialogue isn't necessarily clear at times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it kind of, like, as an uh, audience member, we, like, I don't know, it's like we have to, sh like, re-listen to certain things and, like, certain words and meanings mean something else, you know? Like, something mm -hmm. that's really innocent, you know, is, um, actually has a, a deeper meaning to it that's, like, it's it's very interesting. It's like almost like an overlapping of dialogue in places, you know. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like the dialogue isn't always in sync. Do you know what I mean? At least that's what I feel like. Always like creates that dream sort of like where you're not like you know like you're sort of half dreaming, half awake sort of thing where you can hear people talking but you're not fully aware of what's being said. Yeah. So. I just, I thought from like a filmmaking perspective, I think that's really interesting, quite clever, you know? Mm hmm So. And there was also that interesting dream sequence that mm. she has kind of earlier on yeah. in the film where the, she's the seeing nuns her, are, yeah, yeah, the nuns and they're being like kind of abusive, right? And like, well, um, maybe we wouldn't have to do this. And all set to go now instead of having to start all over from scratch. I told you not to tell her in advance. I told you she wouldn't be open-minded. I told Sister Veronica about the windows and she withdrew the screw from the competition. With, with the bricking up with the windows and everything? Yeah. And I think the reason they showed that is because, like one of the like first jumping off points for recruiting people into satanism is pointing out the failures of the roman catholic church right. which is actually has its foundations in like paganism and stuff like that like a lot of the stuff that the roman catholic church is based on is actual paganism like a lot of their rituals mm. and stuff were stuff that the Roman Empire just like incorporated into a new religion to keep people under control. So I think like that's like mm -hmm. one of the reasons why people have mm -hmm. turned their back on religion is because of their issues with the Roman Catholic Church and not mm -hmm. like their connection to God itself, which they don't even probably have one. They've just been failed by this church structure and now they like turn from God and then they're presented with this new age religious stuff which is like paganism and Satanism and that was becoming like mm. big in the late yeah. 60s right it's really a, like, like the counterculture um, movement right? yeah which is really like quite interesting <laughs> when you sort of like um, look at who was brought on as a creative consultant mm -hmm. um, for Rosemary's Baby, which was Anton LaVey. Yes. So, um, who, I don't know if it's like, I don't know how we can verify this, whether he is apparently playing Satan in the, or like his... He was the face of yeah. Satan in the film. Yeah. yeah so now I, that is like confirmed. It is confirmed? Yeah. Uh, okay, that's, mm, that's really creepy. Yeah. Um, but 
I, there is a discussion of religion at the dinner table mm -hmm. with, um, where like Minnie and Roman are sort of discussing it and guys like they're really sort of dismissive of it and you can see like Rosemary is really like in quite a lot of discomfort in that and I've, I feel like they were ganging up on her you know and like mocking her mm -hmm. um, and then she goes off to do the dishes and we come back and Roman, Roman and uh, Guy are suddenly pally pally. Yeah, they're they? like best friends. Yeah, they're like BFFs now. Yeah. You know, he's like totally like simping and, on. And Roman. somehow Roman's wife knows mm. what he's been telling mm. to her husband. Oh. She's like, oh, you're regaling him with these old stories. Mm. So like what he's been telling like what Roman has been telling her husband is his connections because during the dinner party mm. uh, Roman was like oh my Very, father was yeah. a famous play yeah. producer yeah, and has all and these connections. Yeah, there's very flattering of like guy. Weren't you Albert Finney's understudy? No. Well, that's strange. I remember being struck by a gesture you made and checking in the program to see who you were. Um, what gesture was that? Well, I know I'm not sure now. It was a reaction. A... Oh, I, I did a thing with my arms when Luther was having a fit with a kind of involuntary reach. That's it. That's it. It had a wonderful authenticity to it. <laughs> oh, come on. No, no, I mean it. Uh, my father was a theatrical producer. And my early years were spent in the company of Mrs. Fisk, Forbes, Robertson, Modjeska. Guy? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, please. You have a most interesting inner quality, Guy. It appears in your television work, too. It should take you a long way indeed, provided, of course, that you get those initial breaks. You did something with your hands, I remember. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I reached out. Oh, it's like, oh, it was, it's like You're gonna so, have a great acting career. Yeah, it's like so... Like, right. every actor just, like, loves that. They love to hear, like, you know... You the, get... the guy knows insiders, knows yeah, big legs, yeah. and thinks that he has this unique acting But we see, talent. can I just say, we see him, like, acting and reading out his lines. He's really shit. Oh, he's terrible. <laughs> he's really bad. I'm like, I'm just like... <laughs> he's, like, got crutches, and he's just, like, yelling. It looks terrible. It is, yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> I think it's really, like, I really like the performance. Mm -hmm. I think it, like... And, um, the actor was also a director so i think he like captures like had that whole thing about how pretentious some actors can be i'm not trying mm -hmm. to like if you're an actor or an actress i know it's like really hard so i'm not i like can't say that i would personally would want to be an actor but like um just, yeah. you, know, you have to be a certain type of personality to be able to perform like that so my fellow actors, we live in a dark time. The world is becoming more and more violent, and the idiots in charge are making it worse. What the world needs is an international advisory committee who truly understands global politics, namely us. Um, I think it's the the casting is a really interesting. Mm -hmm. I just quickly go back to casting. Um, so I think this is so fascinating with like the decision to have Mia Farrow um, because 
Roman Polanski, who wasn't really originally... Uh, he was brought on board by the um, producers, so we have William Castle, who... Um, his story is not as interesting as the other producers, Robert Evans, and this is like my favorite stuff that I found out. And I was like super like. Yeah. No, this is good because now we're getting. <laughs> it actually fits in perfectly here yeah. because the scene of uh, Mercado Roman, mm. right, talking with the guy in the old boys network mm. and telling him about stories of yeah. how Hollywood really works mm. and like how like their network, their little cult actually runs yeah. things. Now let's get into how this movie got put together. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well... Which the, might be, like, kind of similar to the talk they had that you don't get to hear, so... Yeah. So, first off, um, I think we should briefly look discuss the book's author, mm -hmm. um, Ira Levin. Ira Levin. So... Um, his work is really interesting. Do you know what other like other books that he's written? Uh, go ahead. So one of those is The Stepford Wives. Oh. Which is again really interesting. I think people like mistakenly like tie it into fe the feminist movement, but I think it's a little bit more to do with um, mind control and um, you know psychological sort of warfare of, but it's just using women in that regard and um, I think because of the whole second wave feminist movement I think it's got caught up in that but mm -hmm. I think really that he's exploring something a little bit deeper than just the patriarchy um, I hate to bring that term up <laughs> God, there was one <laughs> horrid review of this movie by this like extreme feminist who is like going nuts about this Rosemary's Baby mm, movie. Yeah, so we can just like dismantle <laughs> their like um, argument because like I guess like in her constrained existence as the traditional housewife, Rosemary is treated dismissively like a child. She's constantly tolerating what she doesn't like. Rosemary's submissive attitude reflects the very real power of the patriarchy, both then and now. I've been to Vidal Sassoon. It's Vidal Sassoon. It's very in. Her radical, fashion-forward new look could represent her painful awakening as she becomes an adult with her eyes open. I, I, can, also, I can sort of see it. There are some sort of things to do with feminism here, but first off, when Rosemary cuts her hair, that is not a sign of empowerment to me. <laughs> that is her addressing the fact that she, her femininity, what makes her a female and what makes her that's tied into her identity has now been robbed. And that is like a sort of her displaying her, um, it's like a, I think it's like a self-abuse type of thing. She can't like physically abuse herself because she has the baby. So mm -hmm. her only way to sort of like react is to cut her hair and it's n she's not like particularly happy with the haircut I don't think she really even like sh I think she's not even doing it on like a conscious level I think that's like a subconscious thing and everybody like not even her friends her female friends go oh, I love your hair they're just like 
you know, oh, you look yeah. awful, you yeah. know? So I don't think that is a thing of empowerment. So I'm going to just like... Think of how many women that were like big time Hollywood people that like showed signs of like yes, they strange always cut mind their control. Hair. They always end up cutting their hair and dyeing it blonde. Yeah. Right? Like, mm. didn't Britney Spears do that? Um, Miley Cyrus? Yeah, they, there's a like, lot of women who do that like it's it's i don't know why it's come into like popular popular culture mind control yeah popular culture that it's it's a a sign of like something to be empowering like to cut your hair short it just like i think it like um well i mean the main actress in this rosemary mm. she's being given like these hypnotic devil's pepper drugs every mm. day mm. and they're trying to like basically mind control her yeah and now all of a sudden she has like this weird haircut. short blonde haircut yeah. and it was also really good because it like brings more <laughs> emphasis to her face and you can see like how much weight she's lost and she and looks she, terrible i like, honestly think this. that she looks like she is like you know uh, like she's you know when you see the famous things of like Joan of Arc, you know, mm. and that sort of like sacrificial sort of look that like I don't know. It's very it's very strange because normally when women first get pregnant, they develop this like radiant glow. glow. Yeah, and she's like having the opposite. She's got happen. like the radiant doom. On her face. <laughs> <I> <laughs> like, know. is she gonna make it? Like, yeah. And I think as well in that, like, you were telling me about that review, they were just saying, like, oh, it's always, like, the doctor. And it was like, he's telling her to do things. And it's like, I just think it's like, first off, it's not because he's a man. And it's it's because he's part of a satanic cult. And he doesn't want her to find out, like, she is carrying the spawn of Satan. The feminist was like, the husband sees her reading a book. And he comes over and he takes the book away from her. And then he, what does he put the book on? He puts the book on top of two books about male and female sexuality. Thus highlighting how this is all about the male patriarchy not allowing women to read. An action that alludes to the age-old practice of disempowering women by depriving them of education. Also note that he places the forbidden book on top of treatises about male and female sexual behavior. That's not what it's about. <laughs> and how witches were really good, and it's just the males that were bad. Okay, that, that's not <laughs> what it's about. And also, what is her, what is her like defense for the women that are the witches and the uh, part of the sat- satanic cult? Because I feel like Minnie is. Just oh, as I don't know. She didn't involved. get into that. Well, of course she didn't get into that because she has no defense for those. For the, the satanic witches. Yeah, yeah. It's not a cult made up of just purely men. Are you sure? What is a man these days? Okay, let's not get down there. <laughs> anyway, we're a film reviews channel. Um, so, let's. So that's done. That's a load of rubbish. So, yeah, throw we're, that moving out. we're moving back. on to the producers. Into the producers, which is, so we're in the room and, you know, Roman's <laughs> leaning over and he's saying, we will take your baby, but here, we are satanic cults that yeah, runs so Hollywood by. Yeah, well, he didn't have that kind of accent. I don't know what <laughs> he was trying to say. Uh, he just has a normal accent. <laughs> so there's no weird 
whatever that was <laughs> accent going on there. Um, so Robert Evans, who was one of the producers yeah. of Rosemary's Baby, he had several hits during um, the 1970s. So he produced like films like The Godfather and Chinatown, which is another film that... He produced The Godfather? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, and um, he... There's a connection to Robert De Niro and all of them right there, right? Because he was... All those guys were in that film. Yeah. Right. And he was um, produced uh, Chinatown, which mm-hmm. is a Roman Polanski film, which is the last film he made before he fled to, you know, the U.S. after... He fled the U.S., you mean to Europe. Uh, he fled to Europe, yeah. 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 Um, so Robert Evans in 1980, remember I said about 1980? Mm-hmm. It's like a significant year. So two things happened, which both involve kind of Robert Evans... Firstly, he uh, was part of like cocaine trafficking and got caught and got a suspended sentence. And um, <laughs> one of his plea, uh, one of the um, things with his plea bargain was he had to make an anti-drug commercial, which is I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, but also in 1980, so I'm just gonna bring this up i just have to try and remember the guy's name i'll try to put the anti-drug commercial in this podcast i mean i don't know if you can find it i don't know if we'll be able to find it um if i can't find it for the podcast maybe the audience can find it and send it to us or like like any like random (laughs) 80s drug commercial you know it's like don't do drugs kids (laughs) um i know the kind of determination it takes to be a winner not always easy, but anyone can do it by taking pride in yourself. So get high on yourself. So, yes, in 1980 as well, this is how um, it kind of ties, this is like mind-blowing stuff. Like, I I was just like, oh my gosh, like I never really knew about this. So, also in 1980, Roy Radon, who I guess is kind of, in a way, reminds me of uh, a Roman character. Does he? Yeah, because he's like, um, his dad... Roy Radon's dad was like, uh, I don't know, like in theatre and like vaudeville and all that sort of thing. And like, you know, that's how he made his money. And hmm. Roy Radon kind of followed that up and made his money through like musicals and, you know, comedy acts and everything, like big in the entertainment industry in like the 1970s but was also involved in like really dodgy stuff. So in 1980, he threw this party in this house in Southampton, New York, where an actress was, um, claimed that he raped and beat her up and with several other men and the whole incident was filmed. Hmm. And he got off on a suspended, like, uh, suspended sentence, um, got done for possession of a legal firearm um, so in the South Hamptons, which is a very rich part of New York yeah, City, yeah, yeah, 
a group of men raped some young actress mm -hmm. on camera yeah. and filmed it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of speculation that he was involved in like the snuff film sort of distribution mm -hmm. network that was going around, you know, and pornography and all that sort of stuff. Um, anyway, he got off on the sentence and then decided he wanted to get into like actual proper film making and um, wanted to back the film The Cotton Club, which yep. Robert um, got involved with Robert Evans, who they were going to be partners in it. However, in 1983, it was called the what? The Cotton Club. The Cotton Club. Which is um, a famous club in New York. So, um, I don't know too much about it. I've not seen a movie. I think the movie did actually get made, and I can't remember, was it Francis Ford Capella? Someone made it. Anyway. Okay. Um, then in August 1983, I think, uh, I can't remember the exact date, um, Roy Radon disappeared uh, on his way to a meeting in Beverly Hills. His body was, so first off, his personal assistant didn't um, report it to the police for like several days, which is a bit sus. Yeah. Um, maybe they were just like, oh, thank God this guy's gone. Like, she was like, personal vacation. <laughs> she was just sitting there eating Twizzlers all day in the office. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his body was discovered and he had been executed uh, with... Uh, several, well, 13 bullet holes to the head and his, like, body had been destroyed like, attempted to be destroyed with dynamite. Oh. So, despite, like, two witnesses claiming that Robert Evans was involved, he was never like, nothing ever happened with that, so I feel like some, yeah, there's like, if, if you go down that, like, Robert Evans Roy Raiden rabbit hole get to a point where you then get stuff with Son of Sam and then it's like blows up companionship and uh, I was invited to a party one day I went to the party this was in the Bronx a couple of guys said uh, hey listen we in you know you're looking for a girl or something you're looking for a good time we got some uh, friends that meet in a park nearby so I went over to the park and uh, we went deep into the woods this was Pelham Bay Park in the Bronx and they had like a small fire going and a lot of people were drinking they were singing uh, they had some people were chanting and I says well what is this you know and I began to meet some of the people and they says oh well you know we're pagans we're witches and we just have a good we come out here to have a good time but they were the ones that introduced me to uh, Satanism lately it's like yeah because we were watching earlier <laughs> really epic. On... sort of like I say epic it's <clears throat> like epic not in a good way I mean epic and like a horrific oh my god what the fuck way yeah so we were watching lol field and love 
which has a series called Program to Kill uh, slash Satanic Cover-Up. And in that series, there's like the connections between Roy Radin and Sam Berkowitz, mm-hmm. right? But then those connections continued out to Marilyn Manson. Charles Manson. Or yeah, well, Charles Manson. The Probably Mar- Marilyn Manson as well. I always mix those two up. I yeah. mean, it's easy in both. My bad to Marilyn Manson, Charles Manson. I mean, don't right. apologize <clears throat> to Marilyn Manson. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, he's another piece of shit anyways. So... So is Minnie Manson, but you don't know who Minnie Manson is. <laughs> no one does. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Charles Manson, mm. uh, who ran the Manson family, he has all these connections to Hollywood. He has connections to Roman, Roman Polanski. Because of the Sharon Tate murder. <laughs>
before we get into that, I just want to say, do you know who was originally, uh, Roman Polanski originally wanted to star as Rosemary? Uh, Sharon Tate. Yes. So, but Robert Evans was trying to push for Mia Farrow, who had become, like, more well-known because she was married to Frank Sinatra, who told her, I don't want you acting anymore. If you act anymore, I will divorce you. Based. Based. Not based. <laughs> based. It's not based at all. Super based. It's not super Frank based. Frank Sinatra just got another peg up. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> um, Look what happened to her. She got, like, murdered by, like, a satanic cult. Who was right? Sinatra was right. No, because, um... He was like, stay away from Hollywood. No, Mia Farrow's gone on to have, like, a really big... Hollywood career, so you know. Oh no, no, wait! It was Mia Farrow he told not to. Yeah. Okay, I mixed that up. Okay, so. Do you want us to do that bit again? So we'll cut that know. part out. Okay, so <laughs> what were you saying again? Uh, Mia Farrow, um, <laughs> who was married to Frank Sinatra, he was like, "I don't want you acting anymore." Yeah, is which is based. Not based. It is based. Um, and he was like, base, basically. One thing that he was attracted to her was her hair. Um, oh. And that gets cut off in the movie. I wonder, like, he his whole thing was like, oh, jeez. Like, what, well, you know. I just see it, like, the mirrors between, like, Guy and Rosemary's relationship and, like, Frank Sinatra and Mia's relationship. Maybe that was added to, like, really... <laughs> Anyway, he he famously got his lawyer to serve her divorce papers on set. <laughs> but, I mean, they remained, like, close. So, I guess, like, you know, despite everything. And, uh, oh, do you know, like, if you look at pictures of uh, Rowan Farrow, who is Mia Farrow's apparent son with Woody Allen... Look at just look at his picture and then look at Frank Sinatra. So she went on to marry Woody Allen. They never married. They never married. They had they kids together. They had apparently had one kid. So Woody Allen's connected Farrow. to these people as well. Well, yes, um, but what I'm just saying is, if you look at the, there's no way that um, Rowan Farrow is Woody Allen's kid. He looks just like Frank Sinatra. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> You look at, like, Woody Allen, who was like that, you know. Frank Sinatra was still having his way over there. Yeah, he was, like, 50 when they got together, so she was 21. Oh, okay. So, you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, but uh, she wasn't the original actress who, you know, Roman Polanski wanted. He wanted his wife, Sharon Tate. And apparently Sharon Tate was, like, hanging around on the set and has like been interested in all the occult stuff she even appears in the party scene sort mm -hmm. of like and then of course then a year after the film was released you have the the tragic murder of Sharon Tate yeah along with four of her friends mm -hmm. which I think most people are aware of you know, but it's like when you look down the, the whole Charles Manson rabbit hole type of thing, you like find some really super disturbing stuff. Yeah, and it wasn't an accident that 
Roman Polanski wasn't there when that happened. The people who were at the party were targeted by Manson. Like, that was a targeted assassination of cult members, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess we can claim that, but, I mean, it's just... They even murdered Sharon Tate in the same... They hung her in that Freemasonic thing with one leg Mm -hmm. up, just like you see in the movie Ninth Gate that Polanski would later make, right? So he used the same Masonic sort of symbol that that Manson hung her Mm -hmm. in. And, like, it's blatantly obvious to anyone that looks at it. There's a great episode on um, Program to Kill on Manson and, like, his ties to the occult and his ties to Hollywood. Yeah, it's, like, weird when you would, like, look at it. Even if you don't sort of, like, necessarily believe in all that sort of stuff, like, the coincidences between how... He was, like, everywhere in Hollywood. People think, like, oh, he was just this weird sort of, like, dude living on a ranch. You know, but he was, like, literally, if you look at the Beach Boys sort of, like, thing, um, where uh, he was, like, connected to one of the Beach Boys, who I can't remember, who was also Doris's day's son. Um, But he was going to have a record deal. He was brought on to be a creative consultant for some things. It's like, this is like Charles Manson, like, we think of him being like this crazy person, but like, he was like, I don't know, just like a weird sort of thing going on in Hollywood with him, so. He was like that weird guy that was like traveling around with the RV. Hmm, what is it, what does he kind of remind you of? Oh yeah, the people in Doctor Sleep, right, that we reviewed earlier? <laughs> right yeah. they're kind of like those people where they're like yeah. murdering people and abducting their essence like that's the manson family right yeah so they were <clears throat> you know i i think they were part of like this network that you see that's tied in with the production of like snuff films uh cp films and like the network extends like throughout the u.s and internationally Right. Mm-hmm. So they've been every once in a while they get caught and you see like another part of the network exposed, but they never go after the clientele list. Right. So like you might see like the producers of the bad content like Manson go down, but you never see like the clients use producing that stuff for go down. Mm-hmm. Like Epstein might go down, but none of his clientele have gone down with him. Right, mm. Ghislaine went down, but not her client list. No. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And this has happened many times in the past. There was like that group in Dallas that got it was like the Delta Network or something like that, and that was tied in with Dean Coral and John Wayne Gacy, and that's been covered in a great thing called the Clown and the Candy Man, where they go through this network and how it ties into everything. And remember, even. Uh, it said that Manson had gone to Boys Town, mm. which connects to the Federal Credit Union scandal and the thing called the Conspiracy of Silence, which has to do with, you know, connections to the tops of the Republican Party in the United States. You haven't seen the documentary A Conspiracy of Silence? You should go check that out, right? So these networks, <clears throat> they do exist. They are factual. And they're very, very scary to look into, right? Because, like, people get murdered, 
They find, like, warehouses full of bodies sometimes with, like, the Dean Coral incident. Like, then they find out that there's, like, ties to, like, film production and CP and snuff films, right? So, like, this is... This is why I said to Bianca one of the films we should probably review one day is the movie 8mm, which is, like, sort of a look into that kind of world as well. And, <clears throat> like, this is what Rosemary's Baby is, like, just hinting at the edges of. You don't get any sort of, like look into that stuff but that stuff already existed at that time and this is the elite putting it right in people's like like look here it is but we're not showing you it's real we're just making it look fictional right in case you happen to stumble upon some research or something you can just be like oh i saw that in a movie once or you know what i mean but it's also i think normalizing it to the public as well being like introducing satanism to a public that's now questioning religion because the catholic church has yeah. failed them. well famously in the film she picks up the <clears throat> time magazine that yeah. has is is god dead yeah you know and they they like when they at the end of the film she she says oh, oh god and it's like god is dead you know this whole like you know just declaring that and and then you have to the whole thing with the Beatles you know saying that they're bigger than Jesus and all the other stuff that was sort of going on at the time you know so mm -hmm. it's all very like perverse you know mm -hmm. um but I think it's really interesting is that contraception conceiving scene the rape scene um that takes place you know yeah. and I think one of the things that I noticed was her red, um, like, it's almost like a robe, but I think it's meant to be like a, a suit, but it's like that, again, this red colour, mm -hmm. you know, and of course you can say, like, um, I was thinking it reminded me a lot of, you know, the robes they wear, and, you know, the cardinals wear, you know? Yeah. And of course, it's like again, it's like the whole wearing the robe thing and like um, satanic rituals and stuff, you know. Yeah, it was like black and red robes, I believe. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's such a weird scene, you know, with the boat stuff that's going mm -hmm. on there. It's yeah, like, so because like the abyss, right? The ocean, yeah. and like they're out in the ocean, the abyss, and like the the. Antichrist will come out of like the depths, right? Again, we're going back into this whole like flood thing. We're gonna. End up, I hope we're not gonna go through children and men. No, I'm just like, saying. Like, argument again. <laughs> it is just like the end of Children of Men, Aww. where she's being impregnated by the Antichrist. You have the boat. It also really, like, like because of the connections between like intelligence networks and these like high level satanists and like their close connections it really has like this kind of scientology feel because hmm. like the originator of scientology had this boat oh, hubbard hubbard yeah yeah he had this boat and like they were like the scientology navy yeah right which is weird and it's kind of it has like like a kind of like yeah and i also felt like it, right? one of the i was reading up on that scene and one of the guys is like meant to look like jfk oh really yeah, yeah. that woman who talks to her is supposed to be one of the like a kennedy 
as well. Mm -hmm. The woman in a white robe, that was like, you know. So I think there's like that political aspect to it as well being brought into that scene. Yeah, and also like the elite do all have mega yachts and stuff. Like mm. Epstein famously had the Lady Ghislaine, which mm. was um, a yacht that was previously owned by Kamal, uh, the Khashoggi family, mm. and um, Robert Maxwell owned it as well. Mm. And like also like Leslie Wexner has like this giant yacht, the Limitless, and like. Bill Gates has, like, a mega yacht, and, like, all these guys have, like, these big mega yachts. It's, like, one of the things that the, you know, like, elitists like to do. <laughs> oh, I just think of the Always Sunny episode where it's, like, the, the implication. Oh, the implication. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why they have them. Yeah, it's no. like they can't, you know, it's well, just the implication. You're in the water, you're, you know. Some researchers think the reason they have them is because once you get out past, like, a certain mileage in the water, you're in international water and laws no longer apply. Right, I see. So you, once you're in international waters, Does you're that allowed sort of to... apply to, like, when you're in the air as well? No, like in I don't planes know. I don't stuff? know, yeah, maybe. Yeah, mm. it might, actually. Yeah. And they have private jets. They can fly out in the middle of the ocean and do illegal things and then... Yeah. Right, gamble and... Mm. do whatever they want so right? it's really interesting that that's like in that scene because you wouldn't think it doesn't really make any sense in terms of the narrative there's never they're never out anywhere near the water you know there's never any mention of sailing it's like so weird in terms of where like um the same guy who's operating the elevator at the start of the movie it's, it's like you must get down below and she goes down below and that's where like she's taken to the bed mm -hmm. and like they're all standing around her again um i don't know what it is about weird cults and movies having to be naked because mm -hmm. we recently watched hereditary so if people want us to review that let us know um again that had a weird cult and they were all naked yeah <laughs> it's always like really old people it's like super gross i don't want to yeah. see that like you know yeah why are they always like <laughs> in all of it it's always like these big sex orgies like why, yeah, why like, are the satanists into these big sex orgies and it, stuff like don't like, they see how silly that makes it, them look i just think of like when we did um <laughs> Uh, ninth Gate, and they were all like yeah, yeah. naked as well, and then yeah. and, like the guy was just mocking them for their like sex orgies. It was hilarious. Yeah, and this is another Polanski film, right? Yeah. So like, it's another like he's showing you that this is what they do. And like, it's and it's like there's no sort of like um, you know speculation here or anything, but like Roman Polanski was famously like one of these like free loving sort of like polyamorous type of people who you know i think sharon tate was the one who was like wanted to be more settled down and have a baby mm. you know and he just sort of like wanted to party and stuff so i think he's like fam really familiar with this like orgy sort of scene that happens in new uh, in hollywood mm -hmm. so, um and i said new york as well we probably have them you know wherever yeah yeah, yeah 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 um, is there anything you sort of like noticed during that scene that was like, I mean, there's all that where she's like raised up and you see all the stuff on the, um, ceilings, you know, that sort of Greek mythology type of thing. And there's like that bowl, 
mm-hmm. head and a minotaur sort of thing as well that she passes you know that sort of like it's just weird she's like being I guess that can also she's like being it's like offering like she's a sacrifice you know see I thought it was interesting because right before she like starts passing out and all that the husband's watching the TV mm. and they're like oh visiting New York today is the Pope yeah and like in my belief the Pope is like the head of Babylon and like the Catholic Church is basically called out in the Bible as like the new Babylon but you know that's everyone has their own beliefs on that um but basically so he's sitting there watching it and the Pope just so in remember it was the husband who picked the day for the inception yeah, to happen, yeah. right? He was like, It's gotta be these two days and he like <laughs> circled them on the thing. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Had nothing to do with her menstrual cycle no, or no. anything. He was like, Nope, these days. Yeah. I, I just happen to know that these days are the days. Yeah, she doesn't right? question it. And that would be like the Pope normally visits a place for like, what, one or two days? So, in my opinion, I think, like, she was brought to, like, some sort of church. Mm. And that's why you see her, like, looking up at the ceiling and stuff. Mm. So I think a part of the ritual was not just all in the apartment. I think she no. was actually brought it definitely around. definitely also takes place in uh, Minnie's and Roman's apartment. Because mm-hmm. we see the portrait of... Yeah his father um and all the I, I just think it's so like that is such a creepy scene and i think it, like it, she doesn't like mia farrow does such a brilliant job you know that line where it's like this is not a dream this is really happening it's like yeah this is no dream this is really happening what i think one of the best lines in like cinematic history you know mm-hmm. it's so powerful and there's so many great like lines you know like he has his father's eyes, you know? Yeah. It's like yeah. just a pure creepiness, you know? Like innocent sort of like phases, you know, sayings and stuff, which will just have like this deeper double meaning to it, you know? Yeah, and as the devil mounts her in the bed there, mm. it's actually like you could argue that it's actually the husband. Yeah. Because like he first like goes down to like, start like you know if when it starts it's him hmm. but then like he morphs into the devil character and i think that's what we we see on his hand something mm-hmm. in uh i don't know if it's the next scene or it's a, one of the scenes he has something like written on his hand mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that's like to get like a way of the devil entering his body you know yeah like because like, it's it looks like the same sort of paint that written on her body mm-hmm. i think it is like the next day or something or yeah maybe yeah. yeah so i wonder if like and he was like possessed or something yeah like. even like the whole that whole thing where like next day and he's he's basically even if that you know wasn't the, you know something to do with satan and that was like we never saw that scene that's the fact that he rapes her you know or at least admits to raping her don't yell i already filed him down 
I didn't want to miss baby night. You... And a couple of my nails were ragged, and and it was kind of fun in a necrophile sort of way. You know? Yeah. It's so, like... But that's... I mean, I will just say about the whole feminist thing, like, up until, like, the 1960s, 70s, it was still sort of, like, socially... Not socially acceptable, but, you know, it still wasn't, like, a big deal if, like, a husband raped his his wife, you know? Yeah, so, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Even though, like, by modern day standards, that's very creepy, and, like, we'd call that rape. Probably. Yeah. Was, Especially, like, if you, like, cut her up like that. Yeah, it's like, oh, my fingernails, I've already trimmed them. And I'm like, I just think, like, Jesus Christ, she needs to get out of that relationship. Like, yeah, like, obviously. He's a fucking dirtbag. It's very creepy. But, um, so she has a pregnancy. We've already mentioned <clears> the <throat> hair, the fact that she's, like, losing weight not gaining weight and the fact that she's like munching on like raw steak and liver and it's <laughs> she's like... like eating raw meat and stuff yeah she's like threw the steak on the stove for like a 10 <laughs> seconds and she's like, it's like yum yum it's uh, like that andy borsky thing where he put the raw bacon on his pasta that night uh, oh what you, yeah you didn't probably see that Oh, that's great. These idiots from the Kino Casino were, like, drunk one night, and they cooked bacon. And they had cooked the bacon for, like, rosemary baby amount of time. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I thought another thing was really... We said this is hilarious. Like, it's nothing really to do with, like, satanic or anything. It's just a 1960s attitude where they're, like, giving her a drink. Oh, God, that was And, like, so smoking funny. and stuff. And it's like... like everything you're not supposed to do near a pregnant woman they like, did in this yeah, film yeah. like they found out she's pregnant and celebrate by drinking like they're like here's a glass for everybody <laughs> including the pregnant woman like here's a full glass of wine congratulations they, the guys just bring him like back loads of cigarettes and stuff yeah he like the the husband comes to sit down not with, like a pack of cigarettes he brings the whole cart in and dumps them on the table he's like Another night at home. <laughs> a carton of cigarettes, like my pregnant wife here. Um, Would you like one, babe? <laughs> uh, the sixties. I wonder, like the boomers are so like. They're... Our parents ended up retarded because of this. Um, but we can talk about Hutch, their friend. Yeah. Who we we think you think he's in on it. Well, he's like, used to be part of the cult and has been excluded. I think, like, Hutch is, like, a loosely affiliated, like, he's mm. someone who knows about... Because he does know the doctor, that, uh, Steppenstein. Yeah, he was like, oh, m that Dr. Sappenstein, whatever, he delivered two of my children. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? So, like, he knows him, and I think he knows the Roman guy, but he doesn't have a direct connection to him yeah it's very like strange prior. when they meet yeah yeah that scene where they meet they meet he's like oh crap it's like the head of the cult you know and what i mean like he does appear in the Ro rosemary's dream mm -hmm. she's like why isn't he coming with us mm -hmm. and it's like he probably knew Cassavetes, Roman Cassavetes, as his mm. real name, which was stephen mercado mm. and so when he saw him as roman he was probably like 
I seems familiar, but I don't quite yeah, put it. And then tied, he figured it out. He's later. tied up to the entertainment industry as well because yeah. he's a writer. Yeah. So there's that connection there. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I honestly don't know what this film is trying to say about the entertainment industry. I think it's telling you a lot <laughs> being, about it. So like, I've been sarcastic. Rosemary's like, <laughs> oh, he gave me this book, and in this book, it tells me that they. That the in the Rosemary's Baby movie, mm. okay, we're reviewing the movie. Born in Glasgow in eighteen forty six. He was soon after brought to New York. He resided for several years in the United States. Was attacked by a mob outside the Bram. Outside, not in the lobby. Really. YouTube, okay, that in the movie, the actress says that the Satanist elitists drink baby's blood and that baby's blood holds the most power. But they're not drinking, they don't want her baby to drink its blood. But not her is, baby, but she's worried that's what they want. Yeah, and it is brought up like, you know, that this mentioned at the very start of the movie, like the Victorian mm -hmm. thing, and there was, in the 50s, there was a baby found, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, like, the sisters were, like, cooking and eating children. Yeah. Like, in the very, very beginning of the movie that's mentioned. Yeah, while they're eating a, a bit of lamb, that looks, you know. Yeah, while they're <laughs> eating a lovely bit of lamb. Which, <laughs> once again, lamb represents what? What is the lamb of God? Jesus, mm. right? So as they're eating the lamb, they're talking about satanic witches eating children alive. That's nice. <laughs> anyway, Paul Hutch, he's not around for much longer. No. And this is interesting. So um, the film's composer, uh, so this is the whole thing, like people do think there's the curse around Rosemary's Baby. Mm -hmm. uh, the film's composer, Christoph Kam... I can't remember his, his a Polish name, so Kamov, Kanamov or something like that. Um, I'm butchering that name, so I really apologise. Uh, a few months after the film was produced, he got into like a little bit of a fight with his friend, who was an author, and got pushed down a cliff oh. at a party where they were both drunk, you know, in Hollywood. And oh. then he slipped into a coma and was in a coma for three, four months before dying. And then wow. his friend was so distraught, committed suicide. Oh, wow. So, and they were both like good friends with Roman Polanski. They were both from Poland, so. Oh, part of that network then, yeah. It's really weird. And like the composer was like, supposed to go on and do like lo was associated with like loads of other projects this was going to be like kids big break into hollywood um but he, again there's like other stuff where like one of the other producers william castle um never really had much of a career after rosemary's baby he got kidney stones and then when he was on the operating table started like hallucinating thinking he was in the movie and like famously, he says, like in his autobiography, he was shouting for Rosemary to put down the knife and stuff. Jesus. Um, and then 
yeah like all the other strange stuff that just like happens to people associated with the movie you know that's creepy yeah. like um ira levin who i think it's really interesting he wrote a book another book called um the perfect day which is this like set in this dystopian future where like ai controls like our lives and stuff um but he like wrote only a few a couple of other books that was one of them um and then his career didn't really go anywhere and um his wife left him and then like you know he had like bad luck afterwards you know it's just mm -hmm. like this really you know and apparently he started like being paranoid and was like worried that as like satanists were coming to get him and stuff yeah well i mean i think it's interesting how they portray like how the satanic cults like surround someone mm, and that's what happens with in rosemary's baby yeah you know the and they try to make you think that you're crazy for mm. thinking this but like they actually do do this so like when i was looking into like uh pie fence we'll call it like a lot of the people connected to the people i was investigated starting like becoming like trying to become my friends like this one lady started giving me donations and being like oh don't look in this direction look in that direction type thing right and like there was the connection that I remember earlier there was the connection between Folgers and the Folgers coffee people and like the Mansons and all that and then I was like oh. because Zet Folger used to like all of the stuff on Alephanis's like Instagram she was like his number one fan and then like <clears throat> you know there's all those types of connections and if you go and look these are like the new like wealthy like you know rich art crowd right kind of like the people from um Doctor Sleep yeah just like, like that bohemian sort of yeah bohemian sort of look that comes from Manson and all them, right? It's like the same look. It's the same type of people. So, like, with that, like, it's interesting to me. And you look at Isaac Cappy, right? Isaac Cappy, like, was one of these people who had insider knowledge from Hollywood, obviously, and started speaking out about these people. And, like, there's pictures that have come out of him at, like, Dane Cook parties, where Dane Cook was, like, clearly picking up underage girls. And stuff so like Isaac Cappy had insight into like Hollywood and some of like the nefarious activities and these people surrounded him like they you know in my estimation they like started like supporting him giving him money like I think they even like had people get involved with him romantically like as girlfriends and stuff and like were like there and then like what happened at the end of Isaac 
Well, before the end of his death, Tom Hanks put out this very strange whoa, 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 whoa. Instagram. Whoa. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, Tom Hanks did verifiably put out an Instagram post showing um, on Route 66 a uh, image of just like roadkill on Route 66. And then in the image of roadkill on Route 66, there was a cap with the letter E on it. Right, so Cappy Roadkill Route 66, and then like a month later, Isaac Cappy was somehow went off of a 20 foot tall overpass onto Route 66 and was run over by a pickup truck and killed. And they called it suicide somehow. How, how do you fall off a 20 foot tall overpass and get run over by a truck and that's declared suicide? I'll never know. And this was never investigated properly. And then the people who did investigate this stuff were all the same people connected to the people that I connected to PyFence. Right? So, like, that's how these people, that's how these cults operate. Like, this is how the network works. They literally surround you in your life, and then they're the ones investigating your very shady death. Okay? Okay. Back to the movie. <laughs> okay. My movie review ch channel and we review movies. Yes. But so like Rosemary found that like everybody in her life now mm. was all Even part of the this doctor cult. she thought wasn't in on it. Doctor Hill. At the yeah. very end. He seems like, oh okay, yeah, alright, we'll get you some help, you know. Who does he call? He calls Guy and Dr. Sh sh what's his face? Speckenspiel. Yeah. Steinin, Steinin, Steiner. I, something Stein. Something Stein. Who's Frank Frankenstein. Dr. Alex Stein. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the things that I got really excited about, I mean, I've been very excited throughout this entire thing, um... <laughs> Just because I'm like, oh, I'm discovering things, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, was what was on his desk? On the doctor's desk? On Stein's desk? I forgot. Yeah, sorry. A statue, a little statue of a black dog. Oh, that's right, the black um, dog the statue. Whole black dog thing. You obviously like explained to me as like the, a reference the, to yeah. Lucifer. Yeah. Hey, no. Sorry, my phone started doing something weird. Siri was like, yes, <laughs> Satan, you called me? I was just going to put that over there. I was just like, that's weird. <laughs> the technology's always listening. Yeah, the AI-run demons are like, hey, she's talking too much. Stop that. <laughs> yeah, so, the black dog connection, which comes up. And I think that's interesting because this movie mm. spawned a bunch of other movies, including The Omen. Which came out, like, mm -hmm. after this I feel movie. like people, like, try and dismiss this, like, the whole, like, oh, this led on to the satanic panic thing, sort of, like, what happened in the 80s. I don't, you know, like, we hear this all the time where people are like, violent movies do not make, you know, people violent. Mm. So, like, are we trying to say that you can't have it, like, oh, this led to a moral panic, you know, but then violent video games you can't have it that way do you know mm -hmm. what, I'm, what i'm trying to say it's like you can't make one you know have one side of the argument and then try and 
you know, deflect it. So it's either movies do cause violence, mm-hmm. or they don't. Or movies do cause moral panics, or moral panics, you know, are a result of actual things that are happening in society at the time. You know, and like the whole A2 sort of like, it was just like, oh, dismissing it sort of thing. I studied this in sociology um, and I initially was like, oh yeah, it's so outlandish, these Mm -hmm. stories. Like when Jimmy Savile um, died in the UK, they were like wild stories of him going and having sex with like dead bodies and stuff like that. And it's like... Almost like they're trying to discredit the actual victims of it by creating these stories. And it happens, it's happened with like so many other famous cases of, you know, in Hollywood where, or like, you know, whoever high profile things where they're like, you know, start pushing these wild, crazy stories Mm -hmm. and like trying to discredit the, you know, the victims. So, um, well, I think with the like the Satanic Panic, which came out way after Rosemary's Baby, in like okay? the 80s, 90s, like what you saw, like when we were looking at like some of the connections here, a lot of like the top level Satanists are involved in psychological warfare operations, like Michael Aquino, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino, who's now dead, by the way. Oh, that's good. Thank yeah. God for that. Rest in hell, buddy. Um. Anyways. Also, Aleister Crowley had ties to, like, intelligence agencies as well, and he's, like, the precursor to all these later, like, Satanists like Anton LaVey and others. And the thing is with that is, like, they have the ability to manipulate things like the Satanic Panic easily by what they do is, if real information comes out about stuff like McMartin Preschool, right, which is... You know, there's lots of evidence for that, including like a year or two ago, the FBI archives released um, documents that showed the tunnels underneath the McMartin preschool. So, like, there's lots of evidence for those things. But what happens is when those things come out, and this also happened with Pie Fence and with the Epstein thing, is the people that get most heard out of like the conspiracy theory movement are the ones making the most ridiculous, not-backed-up, outlandish claims. Mm. They're like, like Robert David Steele was like, oh, they're, you know, taking children to Mars and, you know, abducting children there when the Epstein and Pythen stuff came out, right? And you're like, what? Mars? Really? This may strike your listeners as way out, but we actually believe that there is a colony on Mars that is populated by children who were kidnapped and sent into space on a 20-year ride uh, so that once they get to Mars, they have no alternative but to be slaves on the Mars colony. Okay, yeah. Yes, it just seems like <laughs> such a big, like... Yeah, like, yeah, like the, you know, or like when Pie Fence broke, they were like, they're drinking babies' bloods and Hillary Clinton is down in the basement of Comet eating <laughs> children. Like, staring the yeah, like, she's like, starring in the like, like what we caught was Hillary <laughs> under Comet, like stirring a cauldron, okay? And these are the stories that make it out there so that the media can be like, well, this is debunked easily, right? Instead of looking like at the actual information, which is like what we've uncovered here looks like another time that the CP production network 
got caught in plain sight, right? And that's what they always do. So, like, to get rid of the satanic panic, they just had people go out there and make outlandish claims mm. that were similar, and then they just focused on debunking mm. the outlandish claims and never debunked the credible claims, right? See how that works? Yeah, so poor... Well, the stuff that happens to Rosemary where she's like gaslit and like basically like surrounded by these people like they invade her house you know there's mm -hmm. that really I said to you I love the um the scene where Minnie and Roman when they discovered she's pregnant and they're walking towards her but they're walking towards the camera and it's mm -hmm. like so like in tight nearly yeah. feel like you're and then there's in, like, invaded yeah <laughs> and then there's like Minnie's friend who comes and like has her knitting that really fucking irritating woman at the yeah. end where she's like pokes her tongue out and like rotating because mm, she's like are you rocking her rocking him too too fast she's like oh shut up you know but yeah, she's there yeah. with her knitting I love this idea like women old women being like <laughs> tied to like Satan because <laughs> they're just so like they seem so ordinary yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like they're literally evil so yeah, yeah, yeah. um but the ending you know um mm -hmm. i think i do think it's really interesting because like there's you think oh she's in so much pain and everything she's like she's refusing she says i won't get an abortion like mm -hmm. her her motherly instinct to have you know her this desire to have a, a baby is so strong like she even decides like oh he may be the spawn of the devil but I'm still gonna look after him yeah just cause he has hooves and a... <laughs> little tail <laughs> well, like creepy else. eyes creepy eyes I feel yeah. like he's got like little claws little claws it's like covered in scales it's kind of fluffy <laughs> I think it's funny they didn't show us the actual baby because then it would make the whole movie seem so stupid. I think it's better so. in a way. It's like because like the dumbest part of the movie is when they show Anton Lavey, um, Satan. Yeah, yeah, right. His eye, it just looks so childish. And yeah, dumb. it does like, look really stupid. I think Al Pacino makes a better Satan in uh, The Devil's Advocate, where it's like the businessman in the suit, oh, right? Because like the devil's supposed to be like the most beautiful angel in heaven he was yeah, lucifer yeah he's supposed right? to be so he's like, not supposed to be ugly no he's supposed to be like right? handsome you know yeah. like i don't know why hollywood always tries to make him out to look ug like ugly because they don't not... really want the like the truth of it like the fact that if people <clears throat> if they was to say like oh it's actually really attractive people would be like you know yeah it, it would be more disturbing wouldn't it really mm -hmm. so yeah but, um, are we basically seeing Al Pacino as the devil? Is that what you're trying to say? No, 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 no. no. I'm just saying he, in the devil's like, advocate, he makes a good devil. Al Pacino is not, not attractive. No, 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 no. He's he's like a a good he is a good actor, yeah. I will say. I'm just saying he, he plays the role of it better than mm. Anton LaVey did in this movie, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Oh, it's really interesting, by the way, that... Um, talking about Anton LaVey and the Church of Satan, um, mm -hmm. people should maybe look, maybe we can look this up, but um, there was a British actress called Jane Mansfield, who was kind of like the British equivalent to Marilyn Monroe, and she died in a very bizarre car crash where she lost her head. What? Yeah. 
And what was her connection to? Um, she people? joined the church. Oh. oh so okay. she was like sort of brought in, and um, she was trying to like have more of a career in like Hollywood. I think they wanted to sort of like push her as the next Marilyn Monroe type of thing. So. Mm. Um, but there is a very interesting documentary, which I think is called Mansfield 67 or something like that, which discusses all of that in like a bit more detail. So mm. that's how I sort of learned yeah. about the Church of Satan and everything. And I was like, oh, it's... To me, I thought it was just like a bit of like theatre, sort of like, you know, a bit of nonsense. Because that's what they try and push, you know, there's like now there's like there was another documentary called hail satan where they were like trying to make out like oh we're just like the anti-religion religion you know you mm -hmm. know we're just trying to set up these like clubs for children because that's what christians do you know and we're trying to offer you know uh atheist sort of thing it's like yeah that's not i don't buy that at all like just yeah. that is bizarre like don't don't make little um, Church of Satan like after school things. It's really weird, and I think there's even been cases where the people involved in those groups have been bad. Yeah, for sure. Bad people with nasty things and stuff. Anyway, but um, that was our review of Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Well, I mean, before we <laughs> I before we end, I do want to make a point about. Like, so, like, I, one of the things I famously did was I looked into the after-school Satan programs, and, like, one of the things that Satanic covens like to do is they like to hide who they are, just like in the movie. So, like, in the movie, mm -hmm. they all seem like normal people. Yeah, They're not they, wearing their no, Satanic and, robes No, and out, they, right? like, change their names through anagrams and things like that, you yeah. know? So like they hide in modern their life, professions. in modern life, these people now all have Facebook profiles and they all join like little satanic groups on Facebook and stuff. And then they push these things like after school Satan for children, which have known FBI uh, pedophile symbols on their program. And then like they're all easily documentable who's in these groups. So, like you can go in and be like, well, who attended Black Mass this week? On Facebook, they all say they're going to it, and then you can see the list of all these people, and a ton of them are, like, school teachers and people with access to children, and it's like... And then you point out this, and what do they do? Do they, like, act normal? No, they... Lucian Greaves, for instance, threatened to put my social security number out on Twitter. So, like, these people are nuts. They're absolutely crazy. They have a huge network, and they are connected to, like, the highest level people. I'm That's why, like, Hillary Clinton or mm, Chelsea really Clinton, like we're going one of the other I'm ones so was, like, Happy New Year's to the Church of Satan, right? Okay, so like, I'm just, like, I'm really terrified now because now I'm, like, <clears throat> well, I don't think we should post this on YouTube. <laughs> It will be fine. No, because I don't want to be like the target. I have scared of things. Well, I've already been. Scared. We'll be fine. Hutch, we okay. long live Hutch, right? <laughs> we'll have to go get one of those reverse spell scandals. Send their spells back at them, right? <laughs> 
Anyways, you know, I just think that, like, this movie... I think the ending of the movie was really interesting, too, because they had, like, that whole group... Can we start watching this? Start watching this movies? They had that whole group, right? But, like, they had, like, that Japanese guy in there. Oh, he was funny. He was funny with the photos and stuff, right? Like, oh, but it, it sort of hints at like the international sort of Oh yes, of and of course, um, Roman says that he's name a place. I've been there, you know. Yeah. Like, I was in Australia, and I, you know, it, to me, like, because they're globalists, it, yeah. so they've been all over the globe, right? Yeah. Like, they believe oh, in the international place. man, right? So Roman's been everywhere, and you know. So, anyway. I was already you baby. I think that's good for now. I might come back to this film again in the future, but any final <laughs> thoughts on Rosemary's Baby? <clears throat> we also should've, have should have worn a condom. Yeah, we also have for people interested in more. We've written up some articles now for Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. Bianca's written up some articles with some more in-depth analysis and some of these connections with like the producers you were talking about, Rob Evans and Roy Raiden. Roy Raiden, right? So like all that type of stuff is on our new Patreon. So yes, that's right. Now that we've hit 300 subscribers, a huge milestone, we've created a Patreon where we're going to be putting exclusive content for people that want a little bit extra entertainment. So there will be like reviews that <clears> we're not going to, so we might review certain TV shows. So I was thinking it would be fun to review She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> but we kind of do like Stuff those like silly that. things. We might review some ski movies. Yeah. Uh, we would, you Little know, short like 15 minute yeah, ski movie yeah, reviews Yeah, not like, like in-depth right. like stuff that we do on here, but um, we might even do like um some behind the scenes stuff um we might also do, um, you know do mini sort of like breakdowns of scenes and stuff you know just that sort of scene analysis and i would like to see if like people may be using it as a resource as well so you know um so all the information like anything that we discuss in here rather than you know seeing it through youtube you could have like one place where you could get like show notes and stuff Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it'd be a great way for people to, you know, hopefully do like a live chat, ask me anything type of thing. Um, so yeah, that's the Patreon yeah. and... Patreons uh, can send us direct messages and ask us questions and Maybe recommend us. some movies, yeah. you know, so, um, I, I, yeah, it's exciting. You can get access to the exclusive, you know, it's all entertainment content, so... If you want a little bit more entertainment for $2 a month, you can get a little bit extra. So that's how it works. Anyways, thank you all for watching. We hope you enjoyed this review of Rosemary's Baby. And we'll be back with another film soon. Surprise movies next. Hail Satan? No, no. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. So, like, they, they, they think, you know... Praise Jesus Christ. Don't hail Satan. No, I don't I don't hail Satan. I, I just wanna no. But um She's a witch. Do your witch laugh. <laughs> you see I knew it. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? <laughs> okay, bye baby. Bye. Thanks for watching. <laughs>